Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Um, And Julie's having some issues calling uh, in. I am going to try her call back in, Julie. All right, so listen, guys, we have a very important topic. And I propose this topic to Julie, and as you guys know, uh, she is usually the one that decides what the content's going to be. And here's what we've decided to do. The content on today's show, the focus of uh, today's podcast, is going to be designed specifically to get you into action. It's going to be designed specifically to motivate you. But I'm also cho- we also chose this topic because we want to create a little bit of fear. And I'm going to give you the reason why. I want to, as always, we want to make this tactical and practical. We want to give you guys as much uh, specific, uh, you know, actionable information, but also you have to be motivated to actually execute on it. Mindset is not enough. The actions are what basically rule the day. So we know psychologically, we know a couple of things. We know that traditionally people believe that they're either motivated by the carrot or the stick. But the reality of it is, is that people are not motivated by, by either. People are motivated by fear of losing what they already have. And I want you to think about that for a second. Not don't try to motivate yourself by the movement and, and the achievement of a goal. Don't try to mo- uh, motivate yourself by uh, essentially uh, moving away from the stick. In coaching, let's say, just to kind of make this, bring this home, if you say, listen, you do this particular thing, and in six months you're going to get this particular goal, well, what happens after they accomplish that uh, a particular goal? What happens after they actually achieve that particular goal? A lot of people don't then set another goal. And if you've seen in, this, if you've seen in your own personal history where you've actually worked towards something and then you've accomplished it and then you lost your mojo, well, guys, that is the reason that carrots and sticks don't work. And the same thing is uh, true as well with regards to sticks. When you have basically a stick that's going to uh, cause you to take action, you're moving away from the stick, here's the same thing that happens. I'll give you another example. Uh, Let's say, for example, you go to uh, the doctor today, and the doctor tells you that you are overweight, and if you don't lose weight, you're going to develop a a disease, and you're going to have to basically have fingers and toes and whatever cut off. A lot of folks develop diabetes, and they develop circulation problems when they get really, really fat. Okay, you guys are, you know, hopefully you're not personally familiar with it, but you know what I'm talking about from a medical perspective. So what if you went to that doctor, you've been fat all your life, the doctor always told you you're fat, the doctor always said you need to lose weight, you didn't really listen to the doctor until this one time you go to the doctor, and the doctor then says, hey, guess what, if you don't lose weight now, you're going to have to have your feet cut off and your legs cut off. I had a coaching client, uh, Monet, who had, that was his real name, is his real name, had the exact thing happen as I'm describing for you. Now, he had this happen before he became one of my coaching clients. But here's what Monet experienced. Went to the doctor, same thing exactly as I described happened. And then Monet, to his credit, not only did he not have to have any sort of you know, evasive surgeries, but he also lost all the weight and got in such good shape he was like on the cover of Men's Fitness magazine. But the, you know, there's an example. But what happened to Monet after he lost his weight, after he accomplished his goal? He had nothing beyond that. The fear of developing 
developing, you know, essentially real bad health problems was what caused him to have this motivation, this incredible surge of life-changing activity. But after that had waned, after the fear of that was not motivating him anymore, he basically was hard to motivate. He didn't really go back to really doing much of anything. He kind of his pendulum, if you guys can imagine those old pendulums that people used to have on their desks, you know, the balls that would click back and forth. What happened was his, you know, there was nothing, no momentum, and it just basically went to a static level until he set new goals. Now, here's what we know. The goal, the most motivational thing in people's lives is fear of losing what they already have. The fear of losing what they already have is going to be the thing that's going to get you guys moving in the right direction. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use – that's new, so it's not a fear of the stick or motivation by the carrot. It's basically fear of losing what you already have. So I'm going to use that on today's show and on tomorrow's show probably to keep you guys motivated and to help some of you get a little bit shocked out of complacency. That's my goal. That's my motivation. So if I say things that are a little scary or if I – you know, basically you, you get a little jittery you're nervous, that's good. That means I'm doing my job. And a post, it don't allow your mind to shut down when you feel that emotion. Look at it as a, use that for motivation. Use that as a spark to basically maybe shock yourself out of complacency. So this time of year, everyone's feeling a little, you know, if you've been doing what we've asked you to do for the past, you know, at least six months, probably this time of year, you're feeling a little bit tired, a little bit burned out. Uh, and you're maybe feeling a little bit like, oh, my gosh, I have another six months left. I mean, we talked about this in the podcast. That's a that normal emotion to feel this time of year. But what you've got to realize is the reason that you had a rock star last six months is because not just because you were working hard in the last six months, most of you, it's because you were working hard in the six months before that. So what you're doing now, what you do starting July 1st through the rest of the year, is going to be what's going to take care of you for the first six months in 2018. Now, some of you guys are just discovering us. Some of you guys are just new listeners and new coaching clients and you don't understand what I'm talking about and you don't, you, you're just for the first time sort of conceptualizing the importance of building momentum. That's what I'm describing. It take, you know, What you're getting paid for today, the benefits that you're reaping today are as a result of yesterday's efforts, not from what you did today, right? And in real estate, depending on your marketplace, you could have had a listing that's closing this week, but that listing relationship, the original contact with that seller, could have been a year ago. So there's a cycle between initial contact and paycheck that you have to acknowledge. And if you're having ups and downs in your income, it's because you haven't acknowledged that, you haven't accepted that. And that goes back to the reason that we are really focused on making you guys live by the, you know, having the, essentially these three rules that you live by, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, having always the mindset of service, and condensing your day down to three to five core activities that you're going to do at an incredibly high level every day, your daily minimum standards. And when you embrace those, those concepts, what happens is you get in the patterns of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it every day, and you build the momentum, and that gets you to the point where you don't have those cash spurts anymore. So what I'm going to be talking about today is, and I'm going to be, again, I'm, I'm, going to use, I'm going to use the fear thing, the fear of losing what you already have, to help you guys move forward so you continue to build momentum, so you don't lose your uh, energy, and so you cannot just have a great next six months, and you, you can have a great first half of 2018, if you can just even imagine that in your head. <laughs> All right, so. So here's a question I have for you, and this is a question that I think that if you guys have been in the business for a long time, you'll, I think, appreciate it even more. So the question is this. If you knew for a fact, and I want you to write this down, brokers, office managers, just everybody can use this question to motivate them. I use this question for myself. This is how I motivate myself. 
So if you know for a fact that six months from now, everything in the economy was going to be a shit show, everything was going to reverse, everything, it's going to be like 2007, 2008, 2009 on steroids, job losses, there's going to be just all kinds of financial problems, there's going to be whatever in your mind is basically uh, uh, you know, an economic apocalypse, whatever that is in your mind, worst case scenario, all the doomsday stuff, I'm not talking about any kind of, you know, biblical type thing here. I'm just saying a sort of human created, you know, catastrophe that results in lots of job losses. And now, if you guys are my age and I'm in my mid 40s, you've been through at least two or three of these cycles already. The last one being the historic one, the recessions before that, no big deal. But let's just say six months from now, it's going to be worse than the one that happened 10 years ago. Okay? You guys with me on this? So this is the thought I want you to have. I want you to feel those feelings, please. I want you to feel the anxiety. Give yourself the opportunity to actually feel the anxiety, what that would result in. You don't have money. You don't have the ability to buy food. You don't have the ability to basically pay your bills. Oh, my God, Tim, you're supposed to be a coach. You're, motiv- you're supposed to be motivational. This isn't motivational. This is depressing me. Good. I'm trying to use the psychological trick that we know will work to motivate you, so stay with me. If I'm giving you anxiety, embrace the anxiety. Feel the feelings of despair. Feel the feelings of fear. Feel the feelings of lack. Feel the emotions that would come with not being able to feed your family. Please embrace those emotions. Seriously, I want you to embrace the emotions. I want you to imagine the visualization of maybe even somebody knocking on your door trying to basically evict you. I want you to feel the emotions. Oh, Tim, I believe in the power of attraction, and if I feel those emotions, I'm not going to, I might attract them to me. Horseshit! I want you to feel these emotions because we know psychologically that basically if you have fear of loss of something you already have, that's the most motivational thing you can possibly experience. So allow those motivational feelings of fear of loss of something you already have to manifest within you. You're going to feel a surge of energy. You're going to feel unbelievable focus. Now, how does the human, human brain react when it's in, in a fear mode? What happens when humans are in fear? We are biologically designed to become myopic. We develop tunnel vision. We essentially go into a mode of fight or flight where we try to solve problems quickly. You guys with me on this? So if you allow yourself to feel those feelings of fear, if you allow yourself to allow those feelings to not overwhelm you but at least you know bubble up inside of you what happens isn't it amazing how quickly your mind goes to complete clarity that's where i want you to be for the sake of today's podcast and probably tomorrow's as well because within that clarity you're going to find a very specific action plan of what you can be doing right now so the mindset is is what if six months from now basically it's a financial apocalypse no one's buying houses you know foreclosures everywhere Real estate brokerages are, you know, agents are quitting. There's just all kinds of huge – guys, we've lived through something similar to this before. It shouldn't surprise any of you. If you weren't in real estate 10 years ago, trust me when I tell you that it was just like I'm describing, if not worse in some markets. I mean, Julie and I, uh, we traveled. We were doing a lot of speaking then, and I can tell you that we went to markets and towns. I remember, and I'll never forget this, when Julie and I were driving from Las Vegas to uh, California for an event – that we uh, drove past, it was on, it was inland somewhere, but there was a sign that a builder just put up two for one. I'm not making that up. And these were nice looking houses. Buy one, he'll give you the second house for free. There were condo developments, towers in Las Vegas that um, had just basically been abandoned. You could literally walk through t- levels, and, and you guys in Vegas, you know what I'm talking about. Well, I'm talking about something worse than all of that. So. You guys get it? You guys with me? It's kind of scary, right? Good. 
So here's the question I have for you, right? What would cause that to happen? What has historically caused this to happen? Could those things happen again? Could they be amplified this time when it happens? Absolutely. So it's very reasonable, I think all of you guys can agree, that there's absolutely positively a high probability there's going to be something significantly unsettling in our economy in the near future. Can we all agree to that? Good. Now let's move on. Here's the question. I wrote down these questions for you, and I want you to really rack your minds about this. And if you're a real estate broker, I talk with a lot of you guys. We have a you know, strong contingency of some of the nation's leading real estate brokers. I've been having these conversations with all of you one-on-one with the intent of basically making it so that you are anticipation of, uh, you know, it's the old Boy Scout thing, right? Hope for the best, be prepared for the worst. So here's the first question I wrote down. I wrote down four questions for you. You guys can go through this individually. Again, the idea is to focus your mind. If you knew that was happening, if what I said was true, what would you be doing differently now? Okay, and let me frame that. If you knew for sure six months from now everything was going to change, what would you be doing differently? Now, for those of you who have been with us for a long time, you guys have been you know, connected with Julie and I for a couple decades, and you were listening to us back when things started to come unglued in 05 and 06, and we started warning you like we have been for the past two years that we were fearful of some unprecedented housing thing happening. You know, We're the first company in the country to start talking to agents about learning how to do short sales and all that. So, okay, so we've been here, done that. I'm seeing similar signs. I don't know what it's going to resolve in, but I'm asking you this question. Those of you who were with us back then, those of you who have lived through this before, had you been back when you were, if this were back in 05 and 06 and 07, first quarter, second quarter of 07, things came unglued third quarter of 07. But if that's basically, if you were back there then, uh, what would you have done differently? What, what moves would you have made back before the recession in 07 where you would have basically uh, been in an entirely different position because most of you were, you know, it did not have good experiences as a result because you were ill-prepared. So what would you have done differently in retrospect? That's the question. That's how deep I want you to drill down. So what would you be doing differently now? Specifically, here's a very fascinating question, I think. What would you stop doing? Right now, if you knew for sure what I said was true, if you knew for sure six months from now it was going to be a completely different world, what would you be doing differently now, and what specifically would you stop doing? See, I find personally – the stop doing question is the most powerful question. The start doing question, that's pretty easy to answer, right? But the stop doing question is the hard one. And so here are the things I wrote down for you guys. You would, how would you decide, for example, you'd probably really start being very cautious of, if you knew for sure that this was happening six months from now, you'd probably not be so susceptible to the pretty shiny bullets, silver, shiny, whatever, do it all for you, you know, buy this buyer lead BS that you guys are inundated with every day. You would probably start learning how to be an expert at deciding and valuing whether or not what you were spending your money on was giving you a good return on investment. So too often, agents don't really know what, if they're experiencing a return on investment. They rationalize buying leads, marketing, branding, in hopes that they will see a return. Like gambling, like buying lottery tickets versus investing in something that you know will give you an X times return. So would you continue to start forming a team if you knew six months from now things were going to be radically different? That's a question. Would you be expanding your team if you knew six months from now things are going to be different? Would you be leasing more office space? Would you be you know, doing those types of things? Would you be buying buyer leads right now, or would you be focusing on knowing that the market was going to shift, or would you be focusing on becoming a listing agent? So what would you be doing differently now, and specifically what would you stop doing? I'll challenge all of you to stop looking at buying buyer leads 
through the lenses that you've been looking through. I would challenge all of you guys to start seeing it for what it really is and start putting an actual expectation as far as what your return on your time and your money is going to be before you spend any more money on, uh, you know, specifically the buying of buyer leads, but also the servicing of the buyer leads that you bought. You guys spend so much money on drip campaigns and all these other things because you have these bought buyer leads and because you think those bought buyer leads have value. But look, if six months from now we know everything is going to come unwound or significantly unwound, would you really be spending that much money and time right now chasing buyer leads? You wouldn't, would you? Interesting, isn't it? So what would you stop doing? Seriously, guys, make a list in your mind right now. Do you even know what you're spending money on in your business? Brokers, do you even know? I know you don't. Very few of you guys actually run your businesses like businesses. And teams, I find, actually are usually more efficiently run than some of the brokerages I talk to. They don't know what their expenses are. So, look, I bet you that for sure, if you were in business, you know, 10-plus years ago, and you had to survive through the recession, I bet you that in retrospect, you would have, back in 05 and 06 and early 07, been being a lot different with how you were making decisions about your business. You guys got to get back in that mode now, okay? Seriously, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. So next question I wrote down. Now, immediately, what skills would you master? What would you be learning now? If you knew six months from now, everything was going to come unraveled. You guys, are you still feeling the anxiety or have I backed off that too much? <laughs> are you still feeling the fear? You got to go back and feel the fear because if you don't, your mind's going to get polluted again. You're not going to have that clarity again. You're not going to be using the, your biological reaction to fear and you're going to lose your tunnel vision. If I ask these questions and you're not, you're not in fear mode and you're not in tunnel vision mode, you're not going to have the answers that you need to uh, show up in your mind. You're going to get confused. You're going to not have the focus. So I need you to feel the fear as much as you can so you get the truthful answers in your head so you know what to do. Look, guys, here's the fact. We're right now, I'm right now, uh, talking to basically 100,000 of you, you know, in replay. You guys, thousands of you listen to the show. And you're going to be listening to this show years from now. Yeah, you, know, you know what year it is. It's June of 2017. Some of you guys are going to be listening to this five, ten years from now. And you're going to be looking back, and you're going to be saying, well, Tim was right. Maybe it wasn't six months. It turned out it was 18 months. But, man, was he ever right. Guys, of course I'm right. There's natural, normal, predictable things that happen in the economy. And if you go back and look at the history, you'll see that pretty much happened every about seven to ten years. So it's not like I had some sort of crystal ball. You know, I didn't graduate from Harvard or Wharton, guys. I don't have any sort of advanced degrees in business planning or economics, but I am an amateur historian. I can read books. I can listen to people that are smarter than me, so I can assume that for the most part they know what they're talking about, and they're pretty much all saying what I'm saying is true. And you guys need to act on that. Our industry reacts. It doesn't act. Our industry, except for a handful of people, does not do shit for planning. They just essentially plan for today, and they don't look at the horizon. They always have to react. The problem with being in reaction mode, and this is what some of you guys are going to do, you're going to listen to this, you're going to do everything you can not to feel the fear, you're not going to ever want to take action on it, and you're going to tell yourself, you know what, if this happens, we will react fast. We'll lay off people, we'll close offices, we'll do it. No, you won't. You'll be in denial. When things come on, went on, uh, came unraveled back in 07 or 08, here's what the real estate industry did. Go back and look for articles. Oh, this is just temporary. 
oh, the market will pick up again. Oh, the economy is doing so incredible. Everybody's so optimistic. Oh, this, that, and the other. The news was just full of happy talk. The real estate industry, which was feeding the news the happy talk, was even for more happy talk. The then NAR chief economist was saying, buy real estate, buy real estate. So the whole thing was convoluted. And if you were just listening to the you know, stuff that was coming out of the news, you didn't downsize in time. You didn't sell your. You, you didn't make. You you didn't prepare yourself financially. You didn't prepare yourself emotionally, and so chances are you were really hurt. We knew many people, you know, knew personally or knew just from knowing, you know, uh, by name personally, who were you know people who had private jets. You know, maybe you don't care about that. Now I don't really care about private jets personally, but you know these are people that basically went from living a private jet style. You know, lifestyle to basically being completely and totally uh, renting some little crappy apartment on the wrong side of town, and that happened faster than you can possibly imagine. You know, the whole idea that you're supposed to leverage up and you're supposed to borrow more money and borrow more money to buy more rentals, buy apartment complexes—that's not good advice for 99% of you guys. Because when the shit hits the fan, if you if the tenants you have or if the overhead you have is too extreme and you can't personally float it, you're going to lose the assets, and you probably have signed for those loans personally, which means you're personally going to be on the line for those losses. You guys get what I'm saying here? I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want that to happen to your family. I don't want you to experience that hardship, but you've got to get your heads out of your you-know-what so that you can be prepared for the best, all while being how all of us are in real estate, optimists, hoping for the Prepare for the worst, hoping for the best. You guys know what I'm saying. Are you with me? Are you guys paying attention? So here's the next question I wrote down, and I'll repeat it. What skills would you be mastering now? What would you be learning? Not a single one of you would be be saying, I'm going to work with more buyers. I'm going to learn to work with more buyers. Every single one of you, if you have your heads even marginally screwed on straight, would be saying, Tim, if I knew for sure what you were saying is going to happen, I would be learning how to be a listing agent. If I were a listing agent now, I'd be learning how to take more listings. I'd be getting really good at price adjustments. I'd be really, I'd becoming really good at learning how to do the other things that are necessary in a market like that. Right? Of course you would. But are you? Are you doing that now, or are you going to do what you did last time? Are you going to do what most people did and say, well, when that, when, when that happens, I'll prepare. You won't. It'll be too late. You'll get washed under. You won't be able to change fast enough, just like it happened back in, the, in 2007 and 2008. And I'll tell you, uh, no better evidence to me that our, our industry is going to get hammered bad about what's going to inevitably happen in our economy is the interview I did with Steve Murray from Real Trends. And go back and listen to that podcast. And, you know, I knew this I, from our own internal uh, surveys and talking with, you know, we coached many of the top agents, top brokers, everybody across the country. And I was appalled by how you guys have accepted these tiny little shitty margins in your brokerages. Three to five percent before tax margins in your brokerage. If you're doing a billion or two or three, maybe that's okay. But most of you are not making any money. You're losing money. You're just going from basically you're borrowing money, you're keeping the loan balance, you have some little money left over, but you never paid the loan back. So you're actually still operating negatively, and you don't know it because no one's told you. Or some of you guys are opening up market centers or you're opening up brokerages, and you're not being strategic. You're not thinking like business people. When, that, when things start turning around, your 3 to 5% margins are going to evaporate, not in a year, but in like 90 days, just like they did before. Teams, you guys are 
you are following the same exact pattern. Teams' margins, according to Steve and our own research, are around 10 or 11% before taxes. But the same thing that's going, is going to happen, and teams don't have diversity of income sources like brokers do. Brokers have or 100 different agents working for them, whereas a team will not. So they won't have diversified enough income sources, and so they're going to suffer faster. So you're going to see most teams have complete reversals even quicker than what you're going to what would generally experiences with uh, regards to uh, real estate brokerage. So the question I wrote down, and this is the question I want you guys to ask yourselves, is what would you specifically be mastering now? Next question, and this is a really important one, guys. Stay focused is what would you, what changes would you make in your mindset? And here's the mindset change that I'd really love for all of you guys to make right away. You should change from having a salesperson's mindset, which is transactionally, uh, transaction approach, to an entrepreneur versus an entrepreneur mindset, which is process uh, uh, mindset, which is basically the entrepreneur mindset is the one you see a lot of times happening with agents who want to form teams. They're, they love the idea, and I'm sort of wired this way myself, that they're very intrigued by the idea of scaling. They're very intrigued by the process versus the rich person mindset, and that's where all of you guys need to migrate towards. And here's the difference. In the salesperson mindset, you're just looking at the next, next transaction. In sort of the entrepreneur mindset, you're looking at basically scaling a business, which, again, I understand completely, but the margins aren't big enough with the business model that most of you are following, versus the third option is the rich person mindset, and that's the investor mindset. And that's what we've talked about, and that's what we'll continue to hammer on this podcast. If you guys want to, want to know where our core has developed from, it's from having coached you guys for two decades, having been business owners, for 26 years, having basically been in the real estate business, having seen all the ebbs and the flows. I'm not preaching theory here. I'm preaching actual tactical, practical experience. The way for you guys to migrate from being essentially this entrepreneurial mindset is, you know, of the scaling mindset, of this team building mindset, of, you know, all of that. Again, it's addictive. It's fun is realizing that your margins suck and realizing that with just a couple of turns in the economy, your margins are going to basically erode to the point where you're going to be out of business and then probably bankrupt, right? Here's the mindset I want all of you guys to have. You need to be, have the rich person mindset, and that, as we've discussed on this podcast, is very simple to understand. It's where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. Where your money works for you, and you no longer have to work for your money. While there's time, and this is what big institutional investors are doing, the, you are needing to buy, my suggestion is, assuming that most of you are having great years, which I know a lot of you are or will be, Buy rental properties and try not to uh, put too much leverage on them, i.e. debt. Try to pay cash for them. Oh, my God, I'm in California. I can't possibly do that and get a return on investment. Don't buy in California. Buy in North Carolina. Buy in Indianapolis, Indiana. Buy in Columbus, Ohio. Buy in markets that have historically proven themselves to be virtually immune to recessions. There are plenty of them out there. Buy in places where you're going to get a cash-on-cash return of at least 8%. Again, plenty of them out there. If you need help with this, just email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com. So here's the last point I wrote down. I'm glad I got through all these points today. The last point I wrote down is what changes would you make in your expectations for your business? What changes would you demand out of your business today? Remember the rich person mindset where your money works for you, you no longer have to work for your money. So how can you start demanding 50% profit margins out of your business today? Some of you can't. It's too late. You've already built these big businesses that have too many mouths to feed, has too much fixed cost. 
I will challenge all of you right now, no matter whether you're an individual agent selling houses, no matter whether you're a big brokerage, no matter whether you're already rich, I would challenge all of you while you can to start really putting pressure on your margins to increase your margins. Now, and if you're a brokerage, what I mean is training your agents up, getting them to be listing agents, helping them to realize that there's a lot of futility in the business model of buying buyer leads, moving towards higher margin business, which is, of course, listings. Are you guys with me on that? So here's the, here's the takeaway. If you knew for sure that six months from now, everything was going to be significantly different, what would you be wishing you would have done six months from now today? You guys with me? Now, let's say it's not six months from now. Let's say it's a year from now that what I say is true happens. Or let's say it takes a year for what I say is going to happen is to happen. It's, it's just a slow unraveling, unlike the last recession, which felt like it happened overnight, right? So what if it's a slow unraveling? Very likely. That's personally what I anticipate is going to happen, and I think it's already started to happen. And it, we're going to be, you know, essentially things are going to get progressively tighter, and things are going, people are going to start a year from now in real estate. They're going to start saying, huh, it feels different. Remember, you listen to this podcast. Please take action on the things I'm saying. Do something with this information, guys. Position yourself so not only can you weather the storm, but you can thrive in the storm. In order to do that, you have to, you have to make sure your margins in your business are high enough. You have to make sure you have a skill set that people are willing to pay for. And do whatever you can right now to build uh, income that will result in you being rich, i.e. passive income. And our favorite variety is the type that comes from rental properties. Does this make sense, guys? Do you feel motivated? Isn't it interesting now? You do. A lot of you, I know you do. You have clarity that you didn't have before. I've given you a very specific mindset, a, a mindset that I've learned over just literally hundreds of thousands of coaching calls and decades in this business. I've learned the mindset that basically you can be optimistic, but at the same time you have to be prepared. So many of you are so good at just following your natural instincts of being overly optimistic that you forget the prepared part. Don't let that happen to you. Don't let it happen to your family. Don't let it happen, brokers, to your agents. You're in charge of those, not just legally, but morally. You're in charge of all those agents. And I am going to, and Julie and all of our coaches and all of our staff are going to do everything in our power to make it sure that whatever happens next, all of you guys who have entrusted us as uh, listening to us on our podcast and certainly those of you who have joined our coaching programs, I'm going to do everything in my power. Every single word, every single thought I express to all of you guys is going to be designed to make it so that whatever comes next, you're overprepared for and that you experience incredible abundance, that whatever comes after that, you guys are thankful for the decisions that you made today. So there it is. There's the mindset. That is the rich person's mindset. Please do something with it. If you guys need me for anything, email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. And remember, guys, Whatever comes next, it's what you know and how you apply the actions you take on what you know that's going to make the difference. It's not your mindset. It's not all these other sort of frilly, fluffy things. It's the actions that you take. Do you guys get that? I know you do. If you need me for anything, Tim at Tim and Julie Harris or Julie at Tim and Julie Harris. And remember, if you've not requested your free coaching call, it's not too late. Just go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com. When you do so, you're also going to be given six of our free books, including Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate and the Real Estate Treasure Map, amongst uh, others. So go ahead and request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. You guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, 
visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.